Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Happy Monday, everybody. It's a little chilly, a little snowy out there this morning, but nothing we can't handle here in Detroit. Things may get a little more interesting this evening, but uh, keep in mind, we are already at February 11th, which means that we really only have about a month and a half left of this winter stuff, theoretically. Theoretically, we'll always get snow in April or something like that, but we also could see some of those 50 and 60 degree days coming up. So who knows? I think we'll survive. Hey, stick around for today's show. Coming up, we'll have some thoughts on auto insurance reform. Is this the term when something might actually get done? We've been talking about this for years here in the state, but it may be time. Maybe time to actually see some action and the courts may actually force that action. So we'll find out what everybody wants. We'll talk a bit about that. Also coming up on the program today, Oakland University got a gift from an unlikely source, a man named Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. We'll talk a little bit about that and how cool of a thing that is and just what a, what a career this guy's actually had. You may know him only from that thing, but when you take a look at his IMDb profile, holy mackerel, there's a lot of stuff there. So stay with us on a shortened version of the Craig Folly Show. I'm dealing with a bit of a cold right now, so the voice can only handle so much. So stay with me on this Monday. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. Hey, welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad you could join me today. I wanted to spend a little time talking about something that came across the news on Friday that I thought was pretty important. There is a federal lawsuit right now. Uh, taking a look at Michigan's auto insurance rates. The suit was brought by Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan. Now, the federal judge that is overseeing the case brought by Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan called the situation on Thursday a shameful situation. He also signaled that he wants to avoid tossing out the 45-year-old law that has no fault here in Michigan. Now, he doesn't necessarily want to do that, but what that signals to me is that he recognizes that there is a bad situation on our hands, but he may leave it up to the legislature to actually do something. So this judge, depending on how he decides to rule in this case, could force the legislature to actually revisit Michigan's no-fault auto insurance reform law, which has led to Michigan having the highest rates in the country and significantly higher than neighboring states. Now, there's been a whole lot of talk about what needs to be fixed in auto insurance. So I thought I'd spend a little time today talking about what the various interest groups in there want to see in any type of reform or what they don't want to see in any types of reform, because there is no real agreement on exactly what the problem is. Now, you may have been following this for the past few years. What led to Mayor Duggan's suit in the first place was, of course, what he claimed was the real root of the problem, something called PIP, personal injury protection in the law. Now, personal injury protection means that the auto insurance company that covers Drivers in Michigan, when they get in an accident, are responsible for all the medical costs related to that accident. The problem is, according to Mayor Duggan, that there is a different rate schedule for auto insurance companies for the same procedures that a health insurance company or Medicaid or Medicare would pay for. And they pay a higher rate for the same procedures, in some cases three and four times as much as any other health insurance provider would pay. That in itself is a problem. And when you look at the biggest share of the cost for auto insurance here in Michigan, it clearly is personal injury protection. It is the biggest part of the problem. Now, that's not to suggest there are some other non-driving factors that are involved in this. A number of people have complained that there is, in effect, redlining going on because of zip codes being used and scoring people as for their eligibility for auto insurance. Others have suggested that the use of credit scores is something that unfairly targets people in poorer communities and leads to higher rates in cities like Detroit. 
All of these things are indeed part of this. Others suggest it's simply a higher rate of theft and, and risk for cities like Detroit than it is in suburban communities and rural areas in the state. But if that were the case, then that wouldn't explain the rates that are going up in a lot of the suburbs and rural areas in the state as they are. So the problem isn't necessarily that we haven't identified some of the issues here. We have identified the issues, and we have tried to go around these a few times, but we have been unsuccessful time and time again. And as I've told you on this program in the past, what tends to hang things up is, again, these entrenched special interest groups. Trial lawyers don't necessarily want to see reductions in the amount uh, that these companies can charge. They don't want to see their businesses potentially cut into by rate reform here in the state or auto insurance reform if they feel it's going to unfairly target their type of business. Hospitals, on the other hand, don't necessarily want to see any changes either because they like the fact that they get char- they can charge more for the same process from auto insurance companies. It helps them keep their bottom lines from going into the negative. It's a big deal. Healthcare is not exactly a high profit margin business in this state. So if you've got a situation where hospitals can charge more for the same procedure, they're going to want to protect that. So these are all things that are going to get in the way of any sort of realistic reform effort. Now, there are other people that suggest that any sort of caps that are potentially put on the amount of care that you get could impair people from getting the medical help they need to recover from serious auto injuries. We have something called the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association here in the state, which provides lifetime Healthcare benefits to those that are seriously injured in an accident and need a lifetime sometimes of rehabilitation and care. Imagine somebody who becomes paralyzed after a car accident. Think about the incredible amounts of care they would have to have. And this is where Brooks Patterson has come down on this all these years. He was, of course, the victim of a pretty bad car accident. It's left him wheelchair bound since. And, of course, his driver was more seriously injured than he was in that crash and worked through what he said would have been a lifetime cap in the first six weeks of his treatments. And so that lifetime medical benefit is something that a lot of people are very, very concerned about and do not want to see go away. Now, some of the plans that have been bandied about in the past would keep the lifetime medical benefit there in place if drivers wanted it. Others could opt for a cap, a lifetime cap on injuries at $500,000 or perhaps a million dollars. Different numbers have been bandied about. Now, one of the plans was saying, look, your auto insurance company would be on the hook for the first such and such of this. And after any things go over that cap, it would switch over to your health insurance companies. If indeed you have health insurance, that's something the insurance companies would love to see, not necessarily something that the hospitals would like to see. So you've got these high powered interests that have been fighting about this for a long time. And the winner has been the status quo because of the paralysis caused by these interests. Now, here's the issue. If the courts indeed decide that they want to intervene and say that Michigan needs to do something about this this term, then that's going to force the hand of everybody. We're have to, going to have to come up with some sort of a compromise on this issue. And the specter of that lawsuit actually is looming very, very large. Now, it doesn't mean there wouldn't be challenges to it depending on how the ruling went down. There very well could be. But at the same time, if indeed the judge rules that this quote-unquote shameful situation that the judge talked about needs to be rectified... Well, maybe, just maybe, that is the impetus we need to get people to the table. So let's take a look at where these things are going to come down here. One of the things that will be addressed in this, if indeed the legislature decides to get on this this year, medical costs are the biggest factor in pushing premiums higher. Of course, there is the unlimited care aspect of things here. And also, Michigan doesn't have a cap on what healthcare providers 
charge patients in these types of situations. So again, the cost per injury in Michigan is higher than any other state in the country. The next closest state is New Jersey, and that's five times higher for the medical costs. So we have to do something. We have to do something about medical costs. So what could you do about medical costs? One of the things that the insurance companies would like to see is a rate structure. Something in law that says this is how much a healthcare provider can charge for an MRI. Here's how much they can charge for this type of procedure, whatever types of procedures they're dealing with. That's something that's very important to them. They would like to see some more transparency in how these rates are formed. Now, on the other side, the healthcare providers would like to see more information and more transparency on how auto insurance rates are calculated by the insurance companies. They want more transparency from the insurance companies about what non-driving factors they're utilizing in determining the rates. So if you are going to address the medical care coverage and you're going to put a fee structure in place, I think it would behoove the auto insurance companies to determine what other factors they're using to figure out our rates. And I think that's something that everybody would like to know. Because right now it's just sort of this varied algorithm that we don't necessarily see that factors in all kinds of things like where you live, what your credit score is, your driving record, and lots more. And also how many other people in your area have gotten in accidents and filed medical claims. That stuff all factors in. So it's very, very confusing to the average person about how their rates are calculated in the first place. So some transparency there I think would go a long way towards giving consumers and voters a sense that legislators were doing this for the right reasons and not because they were beholden to any corporate interests. So that's a big deal. Auto insurers, again, what they want are fee schedules on what medical providers can charge for various procedures. They also would like to see personal injury coverage in what they call tiered levels. So they would like to give people an option. Do you want the unlimited lifetime benefit? Would you like a $100,000 cap, $500,000 cap, million dollar cap, whatever? They would like to be able to give people options. They say that would drive down the cost of their policies and give people more freedom to determine what they think they need. Other states do that. This is what happens in most other states. You don't necessarily have to go back to a complete tort system and away from no fault entirely if indeed you had some sort of transparency on how these rates for services were set. Now, capping medical costs could include, again, a fee schedule that would be based on what Medicare pays or workers' compensation programs pay, but the insurance companies aren't about to put out what they think a specific cap should be because they would rather allow legislators to figure it out on their own. And I have a feeling that Michigan would take a look at all the other states and figure out if there was indeed a tiered system or a cap that they could put in that would be responsible, that would not lead to a rash of people not getting the care that they need. But again, Michigan is the only state with this unlimited lifetime benefit, which for drivers is a great thing, but it's also something that costs us a lot of money. So how do you do that in a way that doesn't imperil the potential to get that care that you need if indeed you are the victim of a serious accident? Now, at the same time, again, medical providers... They want more transparency from the insurance companies. They also want to see guarantees and savings. If they're going to do this, if they're going to lower the costs for their procedures, they're going to want to see that there are some guaranteed rate reductions in place for drivers. And a lot of voters are looking for that as well. And they also want to take a deeper look, again, at non-driving factors, how those rates are set. Because if they're going to be giving up their share of the, of the pie here, they want to make sure that indeed the insurance companies aren't keeping rates the same and just making more profit off of drivers in Michigan without giving them any real guaranteed relief. That's a legitimate concern as well. And again, the interesting thing is that nobody, nobody involved in this is making a specific point about what they would like to see. What should the rates be? 
Everybody's waiting to see whether or not the legislature acts on this. And that gets back to my main point to begin. This is going to be up to the legislature to do this. Mike Duggan has tried twice and failed twice to get auto insurance reform passed in the Capitol in Lansing. That led him to bring this lawsuit. Now, he is also not saying exactly what he wants to see, instead saying they're going to see what happens with this lawsuit and then make some policy recommendations later if indeed the judge rules in their favor. And that's the big monkey wrench in the system right now. Now, again, there's one more group here that we need to think about, and that's the trial attorneys. We've seen all of the commercials for all of these attorneys that deal with car accident victims around the state. They're on television constantly. They would not be advertising if this was not so lucrative for them. And so the trial lawyers are looking for that, but what they're also suggesting they want to see, they support the auto insurance companies in their request for a fee schedule. Now, one of the things the trial attorneys also say they want is something called an anti-fraud committee. They would like this fraud authority that would cover all aspects of the no-fault system. So it would actually look at doctors, uh, patients, and of course the insurance industry and how they handle these cases to root out some of the fraud that does exist in the system. And I think if they could get that, that would be not a bad thing. There is some abuse in the system and we need to root that out. Now, interestingly enough, the legislature has said that they want to act on this, but they have yet to really put out any specific proposals at this point in time. Now, one bill that has been sponsored, it's Senate Bill 1. What they are trying to do is to allow seniors 63 and over to opt out of PIP coverage if they already have health insurance. Most people over 63 are probably on Medicare at this point in time, and that would allow them to choose a different level of personal injury protection. They say that would reduce fraud, and that would also give seniors an option to reduce their coverage. But beyond that, they haven't necessarily done much other than to come up a, with a special committee uh, that will come up with some proposed reforms that they could introduce into law. So everybody everybody has sort of got the brakes on this. They want to move forward. They want to do this. But they're all playing this wait-and-see game. And again, the big monkey wrench in this, again, is that lawsuit. The federal lawsuit is challenging the current no-fault system as unconstitutional, because the plaintiffs are suggesting that it doesn't provide fair and equitable rates. And there's nobody that's going to disagree with that at this point. You can't have the highest rates in the country for no reason other than the system is set up in such a way that it makes it happen. We don't have higher rates of accidents. The only thing we have higher rates of is medical care coverage, medical claims based on auto accidents. That is where Michigan leads. And that is why the rates are as high as they are. But this lawsuit could force the legislature to actually deal with a problem they've been trying to deal with for a long time, but have not been able to do, mostly because the powerful special interests involved in the system have managed to keep it from getting reformed. Nobody likes the status quo. I don't think the healthcare system likes the status quo. I don't think the trial lawyers necessarily like the, the, the current system, although it does make many of them very wealthy. But I think they're recognizing that something needs to change in the system as well. And so don't be shocked that everybody's trying to protect their interests and, and hopefully not cut into their business too much if we make any changes to this. But one thing we do know is that we can't afford to keep paying the rates we are in Michigan any longer. And so I'm not sure if I'm encouraged what the judge had to say when he said this is a shameful situation other than to agree with him. It is a shameful situation. We have yet to do anything significant about it. We've been talking about it for years and wringing our hands for years. All the while, insurance goes up and up and up to the point where many people are forced to choose between driving illegally, not driving at all, or paying ridiculous amounts for their auto insurance. Your car insurance should not cost more than your car. We need to do something about it. 
I'm hopeful that the judge is going to push people to the table and actually get them to think about what they're going to do next. But when you look at all the different things that the different parties want in here, it's not going to be an easy deal. And it's going to be a test of our mettle as a state, as a legislature, as a governor's office, and as consumers to make sure that whatever reform does come down protects the things that need to be protected. There are going to be situations where people need that unlimited coverage and that there are going to be situations where we should meet those obligations and make sure that people get the care that they need for a long time. But we can't do it on the backs of everybody. The situation is untenable right now. I will agree with the judge. It is indeed disgraceful. And it's time we did something about it. Let's see if this legislature has the stomach for what previous legislatures did not. And if it takes the courts making a ruling to force us to the table, so be it. It's time. Time to fix the system. Because it's getting ridiculously expensive. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. One-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor, and The Trip, wise relationship advice with hosts Megan Slattery and Tracy Evans. Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Welcome back to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. It is Monday, and I thought, you know what, Mondays, it's kind of a gray day, it's kind of gloomy. I thought I'd give a, a bit of good news that I discovered this morning. Uh, there's a post story posted on Deadline Detroit that I believe originated in the Oakland Press, talking about one Curtis Armstrong. He's, of course, an alumni of Oakland University. Well, I say, of course, you may not know who Curtis Armstrong is. However, if I give you this visual, you will not forget who he is. His most famous role, believe it or not, was as a man named Booger from the movies of the Revenge of the Nerds movies series. We've all seen Revenge of the Nerds. He graduated from OU in 1975, and he announced yesterday that he's going to donate 20 boxes filled with scripts, uh, contracts, interviews that he did, press clippings, diary entries, uh, behind-the-scenes photos, and a bunch of other stuff that he's collected from the beginning of his acting career. Now, before you dismiss this collection of artifacts as just maybe some uh, T-shirts from Revenge of the Nerds or something along those lines, nope, this is a much more significant collection than that. You take a look at some of the movies that he has been a part of, some of the roles that he's played, this multi-decade career that he has had, and he's been working almost constantly since his first starring role in Risky Business back in 1983. Now, you may recall he was in the TV show Moonlighting, which was a big role for him. Of course, alongside Bruce Willis. That was a very, very popular show back in the 1980s. A big one. But when you take a look, television, movies, this guy's had a heck of a career. So yes, Risky Business, Revenge of the Nerds, Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer, Clan of the Cave Bear. And let's keep going on to some of the other things. Jingle All the Way, he was in that. Van Wilder, also Dodgeball, and so many other things. He was in Aquila and the Bee, Smoking Aces, Legally Blondes, and a bunch of other things. Now, when you get to television, again, Moonlighting, he was in Lois and Clark, he was in The Hunger, Third Rock from the Sun, That 70s Show, American Dad, Grey's Anatomy, iCarly, which if you've got any kids, everybody knows what that is. My Name is Earl, he was on that show, which was pretty popular for a while, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Rules of Engagement, Bones, Hot in Cleveland, New Girl, Supernatural. This guy's been working almost constantly 
almost constantly since he got his break back in 1983. So Curtis Armstrong, of course, a Detroit native, giving back to his alma mater, Oakland University. He, of course, is one of the famed Berkeley High School graduates from Berkeley, and it's fantastic that he is doing this for his alma mater. So I'm pretty happy, and I'd be really interested to see some of the stuff that is in there because he has, again, an incredibly varied and successful career. Now, he may never have been the mainstream star, the big headliner, but his supporting roles have been memorable in just about every single thing he has done. And so congratulations to Curtis Armstrong. Congratulations to Oakland University for getting that collection. And uh, thank you, Curtis, for never forgetting your hometown and where you got your chops. Best of luck, sir. And we'll see you in a lot more stuff to come. Thanks for listening to the Craig Folly Show on this Monday. Have a great day. We'll talk tomorrow. Lots going on. Don't forget, of course, the funeral for John Dingle is taking place tomorrow. There's visitation going on today. Uh, two different funerals, one taking place in Dearborn tomorrow, the following day in Washington, D.C., and he will be laid to rest at Arlington National Cemetery where he belongs. Uh, of course, as a veteran of World War II and as the longest-serving member in Congress, the tributes that have been coming to him over the last few days have been spectacular and wonderful to see. Have a great day. We'll talk tomorrow. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services.